Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. There are some things in life we can't control, but when they happen, they're pretty cool. And uh, I had one recently happen to me. And it is a first for me and my channel in this sense. The state of Texas has a court system. And the Court of Criminal Appeals of Texas just rendered an opinion in which they mentioned me by name. <laughs> now, I'm an attorney. My name has popped up in cases before because I've brought cases up on appeal and I've been the attorney for the appellant, for instance, and had a case reported where somebody could look up the case. And go, Oh, Steve Leto is the attorney for this guy who took a case up on appeal and won. That's neat. Well, I got an email Wednesday night. I was traveling, by the way. I was in, I was in South Carolina and I got an email Wednesday night and I'm looking at my phone and the guy goes, hey, Steve, I can't find the opinion, but apparently you've been cited by the Court of Appeals in Texas, in an opinion, by name. And so, Eric, thank you for the note, because Eric's the only person who sent me a note on this. And uh, I spent the next hour frantically with my phone, uh, scrolling through the internet, looking for this opinion, which we finally found. It took us a while. It's harder to do searches on your phone, for some odd reason. I need a full-size keyboard and a big screen, then I can do real good work. But, managed to find the case of Rogers versus State. And this will all make sense because I did a video a while back entitled Court Refused to Let Man Argue Obvious Defense at Trial. It's been viewed 700,000 times. And that video came out approximately a year ago. That video came out a year ago, which seems like just yesterday. But it was quite a while ago. And so what happened was, in that case, you'll recall, if you do recall, that there was someone convicted of a crime, and at trial he had wanted to raise a different defense, and the court said you cannot use that defense, despite the fact that the case looked like the defense would be appropriate. And so if you got to actually say to your opponent, well, I get to pick your arguments for you, you're always going to win. <laughs> Seems obvious, right? prosecution should not be allowed to just pick your defense for you and go, oh, you can't use that one. That one's too good. So the case is called Rogers versus State. The opinion in my hand is dated uh, October 18th, 2023. Uh, and of course, uh, Court of Criminal Appeals of Texas, Rogers versus State. Appellant was convicted by a jury of burglary of a habitation. On direct appeal, appellant challenged the trial court's failure to instruct the jury on certain defensive issues. The Court of Appeals held that error in the jury charge of any was harmless. We granted appellant's petition for discretionary review and reversed, holding that if error existed, it was harmful. Accordingly, we remanded to the Court of Appeals to decide, in the first instance, whether the trial court erred in failing to instruct on the defensive issues. On remand, the Court of Appeals held that the trial court had not erred in failing to instruct on the requested defensive issues. So going back and forth on this, and it says, though, the state has now filed a motion to withdraw appellate opinions and permanently abate the appeal because appellant has died. So the appellant has died, which makes his case on some levels moot. And so they decided, well, you know something, we'll just withdraw the appeal. We don't need the court to decide that anymore. Except the question is, should the court really leave this question hanging out there? Like that. And that's the crazy part. A copy of the death certificate was attached to the state's motion, just in case the other side is going to try to argue and say he was alive. 
<laughs> I don't think the state should be allowed to raise that argument. I don't think, I think it should be foreclosed from arguing that the man's death stops the appeal. But that could just be me. So the appeals court now grants the state's motion, dismiss the petition for discretionary review, withdraw the two previous opinions, and order the Court of Appeals to withdraw its opinions and permanently abate the appeal. So that's the opinion of the majority. And that actually ends it right there, four paragraphs in, four paragraphs in. However, there's a concurring opinion where it gets interesting. Today, the court grants the state's motion to abate proceedings, withdraw opinions, because this court has been informed that appellant died prior to our reversing the trial court, the Court of Appeals, and granting him a new trial. From the onset of trial, the state has fought the silence appellant that started when they convinced the trial judge to deprive him of his constitutional right to present a defense to the charges filed by the state. The state succeeded in obtaining a 40-year sentence because an embargo was placed on almost all the evidence that would have not only raised his claim to self-defense independently, but also would have corroborated that evidence with testimony that was excluded in a bill of exception. The state has maintained that position throughout the entire trial and appellate process. First, the 13th Court of Appeals affirmed the conviction from the trial court in round two. This court, in a 9-0 opinion, finding harm, reversed and remanded the case back to the Court of Appeals for an error analysis. The state prevailed in round three when the Court of Appeals yet again affirmed the conviction. Then in round four, this court granted review for the second time where we found harm and error and reversed and remanded the case to the trial court for a new trial based on those erroneous decisions that excluded any defensive evidence and charges. So they ordered a new trial. But the problem is that the man is now passed, and so being dead and all kind of, eh, ruins his arguments to go forward. And I'm, I'm being facetious on some level. Generally speaking, when litigants die, uh, there can often be no reason to push forward with the case. If it's a civil case, like a lawsuit, the estate might be able to push forward. But simply someone trying to clear their name, well... They passed away. They're gone. So there you go. Now, you might wonder where on earth I come into this. Well, I come into it through a footnote. And don't get me wrong. If you're a lawyer, you don't mind footnotes, especially when you're in them. On October 26, 2022, in published opinions, this court found that the exclusion of such evidence and the trial court's failure to properly charge the jury was both error and harmful to appellant and ordered a new trial. On that date, this court had no notice that appellant had passed away. Both opinions were published, circulated to the public via the internet, and discussed on two YouTube channels. Since our latest opinion was handed down, a 30-minute video on YouTube was published by a Michigan attorney with a national audience. <laughs> Another 12-minute YouTube video review of the case was published by attorneys in Texas. As of the date of this opinion, these episodes have been viewed more than 743,500 times with roughly 10,000 more views just in the past three weeks. For comparative reference, the State Bar of Texas reported only a fraction of that number as active attorneys in Texas compared to those who verifiably know the details of this case. These two episodes, the videos, have also generated over 27,000 likes and more than 5,000 comments, all predominantly finding the trial court's action unjust, just as this court did. Okay, now... Here's the important thing to remember. If you go read the footnote where it says the Michigan attorney, it actually says in the footnote, you can go look it up, Steve Leto, court refused to let men argue obvious defense at trial. YouTube premiered November 5, 2022 with a link. 
You can go watch it if you don't believe me. And uh, by the way, as of today, that video's got 700,000 views. Now, the next one they, they reference is a um, 12-minute YouTube video review of the case was published by attorneys in Texas named the Armed Attorneys. Texas ruling could bring new self-defense claims standard. And that's a YouTube premiere January of 2022. Their uh, video as of this morning has got 66,000 views. Okay, Now, you might ask yourself, if you're still with me on this, <laughs> Steve, curious about this. You're not a judge. What you're doing on YouTube is not an opinion. It is in, in the sense of a legal opinion. It's not a case. What on earth is the relevance of citing two YouTube videos in an opinion on appeal where the court has just dismissed the appeal due to the death of the appellant? Why, why is that? How, how, how do you find yourself here? Do you belong there? Or is this all a crazy mixed up thing with the universe? And I'm going to tell you right now, that the parties writing the concurring opinion that contain that information are doing it to prove a point. Most opinions simply lay out the facts, they lay out the procedural history, then they cite the pertinent law, then they compare the facts to the pertinent law and say, here's how we ruled and why. Notice I did not mention any YouTube videos there. Most opinions do not cite YouTube videos. Why on earth do they cite YouTube videos? Well, you'll also notice they cited how many likes the videos got, how many people viewed the videos, and they are making a point about the ridicule that's being heaped on the Texas judicial system because of the fact that these lower courts keep screwing this case up. So remember, when it got to this panel, twice it got sent back down. But after being sent back down, it appears the lower panel was still screwing things up. And underlying this entire story is some guy accused of a crime, put on trial in Texas, wasn't allowed to present the defense that he wanted to present, got convicted, and he's got courts on appeal saying, let this guy have a new trial and let him raise that defense. And so when the lower courts screw this up, the upper courts, the higher courts, are trying to point out, you guys not only are screwing this up and hurting this guy, but you're actually making a fool out of all of us here because there's YouTube attorneys making videos poking fun at us. And I should point out that the footnote directly preceding this one talks about this court correctly continues to find these founding principles to be the course of wisdom. It is troubling that a trial court could have exercised its limine power to unfairly prevent an accused person from being able to raise a valid rational defense. Footnote 3, which says, As a sobering reminder to all attorneys and judges alike, I would like to point out Texas Code Criminal Procedure Article 2.03b, titled Neglect of Duty. It is the duty of the trial court, the attorney representing the accused, the attorney representing the state, and all peace officers to so conduct themselves as to ensure a fair trial for both the state and the defendant, not impair the presumption of innocence. Trial starts, that man is innocent. Until convicted, he's innocent. And if he wants to raise a defense, you let him. This ain't rocket science. And by the way, it's sad that they could only find two videos by attorneys on this, 
because it doesn't take an attorney to spot the problem here. And I guess that could also be another reason or point at these videos, the fact that they've got 766,000 views and thousands of likes and thousands of thumbs ups and thousands of comments overwhelmingly in favor of the guy who didn't get a fair trial. Because you don't need to be a lawyer to figure this stuff out. It's pretty obvious. The guy deserves the right. He's got the right. He should be allowed to present a defense. And so here we are today, and the man's passed away. He's gone. He's dead. Never got to clear his name. Never had the opportunity to have a fair trial. And the courts on appeal have said more than once, there's a problem here. And so by pointing out people like me or the armed attorneys who did videos on this, they're going, look, there's, there's attorneys here in Texas. There's an attorney up in Michigan, of all places, who are, who are calling this out. I won't say we were laughing at them because this is not a laughing matter. But I've had so many people upset by this particular video, not at me, but at the subject matter. And they go, I don't understand how a judge or a court could tell you you can't raise a defense. And they don't mean that practically. They mean that morally. It's obviously a court tells you to do something, you do it. You know, if you raise that argument, you're going to jail. Okay, you don't raise the argument. Well, we'll take it up on appeal. Well, you take it up on appeal and you win, but then you die. Where does that leave you? Where does that leave you? And so I, I have to point out to people, and I'm an attorney. I've been practicing law for 32 years now. 32 years, state of Michigan, practicing law. And I've seen the legal system from all angles. Every part of it you could possibly imagine, I've witnessed, I've studied, I've seen it, I've, I've been through it, I've lived it, experienced it. And our legal system is not perfect. It's got problems. But it is a system, and there's rules, and there's laws, and there's a process, and there's a procedure. And generally speaking, what happens there usually works out. Usually. I'm not aware of any better systems, that's for sure. But, but, it is possible for the state, and I'm referring to just the higher-ups in government, whether it's the federal government or a state government, or even like a county prosecutor. It is possible for the state to ruin your life without convicting you, or even by just running you through the system ragged. So heaven forbid that you wind up in a state where you can be accused of a crime, told you cannot raise the most obvious defense, and when you lose, courts on appeal say you should get a new trial. But the process is so convoluted and time-consuming that by the time they finally get around to giving you a new trial, you've passed away. And so we've all seen those situations before. Someone's running out the clock, right? And uh, I hate to use a reference like this because this is not a game we're talking about here. But we've all seen a game where some team is ahead on points and decide to run out the clock. And, you know, some, some sports have got rules against that. Or they've got shot clocks, things of that nature. Uh, or, or, you know, down clocks. You've got to run a play every so often. Otherwise, you know, you'll get in trouble for delay of game. Uh, we've all seen it in soccer, you know, where one team's up by one goal with three minutes left. They start kicking the ball around down here at the wrong end of the field, just killing time. And in a game, you understand it. Somebody's trying to win. They don't care how sporting it looks. They're just trying to win, okay, trying to win. The state 
And the prosecutors should not be trying to win any way they can. Because again, remember footnote three, not the one I'm in, but footnote three, sobering reminder to all trial attorneys and judges. The Texas Code of Criminal Procedure, neglect of duty. It is the duty of the trial court, the attorney representing the accused, the attorney representing the state, and all peace officers to so conduct themselves as to ensure a fair trial for both the state and the defendant and not impair the presumption of innocence. So the prosecutor, as well as the defense attorney, as well as the judge and the bailiffs and everyone else, everyone else has got to understand it's a fair trial for everybody involved. There's a presumption of innocence, and it is the duty of the trial court as well as everyone else. So when the prosecution stands up and goes, Your Honor, we don't want them using that defense we don't like. Okay, they right there are neglecting their duties. When the judge says, oh, I agree with you, they're neglecting their duties. And that's why the Court of Appeals put that in footnote three, ahead of footnote four, which is the one I'm in. <laughs> it's not all about me. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but my point is this. Right now, there's a gentleman who's passed away. He was going to get a new trial, and his legal issues became moot. And the scary part is, we don't know what would have happened at trial. Maybe he would have been convicted if he'd been allowed to raise a defense anyway. We don't know. We don't know. But what worries me is prosecutors who think they got to win at any cost and judges who don't understand that that's wrong when they see it happening. So the prosecutor asked for it, and the judge granted it. said, nope, can't use that most obvious defense at trial. And so here we are discussing this guy who's passed away. It's unfortunate because he would have gotten a new trial if he'd only lived to see it. But again, I was cited uh, in footnote four of the case, Rogers versus State 2023. If you look at it, there's a million opinions on this. It's the one issued on October 18th. Footnote four, Steve Lato, court refused to let man argue obvious defense at trial. And footnote five, armed attorneys. Texas ruling could bring new self-defense claims standard between those two more than three-quarters of a million views, and most people seemingly, overwhelmingly, thought that that was wrong What had happened to this guy. So there you go. It's a first for me, though, being cited in a footnote to a case, not as an attorney per se, but simply as someone making videos on YouTube. <laughs> Never thought I'd see the day. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time.